Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. In this week's episode, I am chatting to one of my lovely clients, Sally, all about her alcohol free journey, manifestation, and one of her key manifestation patterns and powers, which is something that applies to all of us, and that is the art of surrender. So, We've reflected so much on her calls um, about how when we surrender, that's when the big things come through and the little things as well. And this applies to all of us. Surrender, I think, is one of the hardest parts of the manifestation process. And Sally is coming on today to talk to you all about ways in which surrendering has really helped her and really um, allowed the universe to show her what it's got. Um, before she stopped drinking, after she stopped drinking, she's also going to tell us about how she manifested her husband, um, which is a truly inspirational story. Um, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. You're going to love it. Before we go and chat to Sally, just to remind you that if you are on your sober curious journey, if you are not completely alcohol free yet, but you are really enjoying like kind of playing around with it, but you're finding you need a little bit of accountability just to kind of get those first 30 days under your belt. I really recommend signing up for my 30 day alcohol free challenge. This is only 20 pounds. You pay 20 pounds and then you get 30 days of emails from me with audio files in. Each day, all you have to do is to listen to the sound of my voice. Each day, I will give you either a pep talk or some days there's a meditation audio um, or there's tips and tricks. Uh, But each day guides you through bit by bit those 30 days and gives you that little bit of accountability um, at a really low investment of £20. If this is something that you feel will be supportive for you, then just have a look in the show notes and you can click my stand store link where you can go ahead and purchase that and if you do so I would absolutely love to hear um, how you find it how you're doing Um, you can reply to any of the emails that I send to you throughout that challenge and keep me updated with how it's all going for you You'll also see in the show notes um, all of my other offerings, including my free masterclass, my free um, 30 day sober reset guide and how to book in for a free discovery call with me to talk about your coaching needs, as well as my six week sober and soulful course, which relaunches in September. So if you're spending the summer 
feeling guilty for kind of sitting in pub gardens and um, drinking in the sunshine and you know you want to do something about your drinking but you just don't feel like you want to start right now why not get yourself booked on to the September cohort of Sober and Soulful at least you know it's booked in and you're moving towards stopping um, and then you can feel a little bit less anxious or worried about what's happening now but of course in the meantime if you want to just get get cracking then do get in contact I can support you now with my coaching and my other offerings always happy to help okay without further ado let's talk to the lovely Sally hello Sally how are you today I'm great thank you thanks for having me here Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you on. So Sally is one of my amazing coaching clients um, and we always have such incredible in-depth discussions um, that I I actually always get a lot out of in our coaching sessions. Um, and she's also been a member of Sober and Soulful as well. So Sally really has done a deep dive with her, her coaching um, package with me. And I've brought Sally on here today to talk to you very specifically um, about the art of surrender, because Sally, as well as being on her alcohol-free journey, is also a very successful entrepreneur and coach herself. Um, she's got lots of experience in manifestation and up-leveling. And we wanted to talk to you about where surrender fits in with all of this. So Sally, what does surrender mean to you? So it's so funny. People who've known me for a long time will be, she's talking about surrender. Because mm. I would say this is my kind of biggest journey, like biggest mm. area of struggle. Mm. Because on the I'll come to surrender in your question, but I think it really helps to look at the flip side, which is like one of the biggest struggles in my area, which is almost like the opposite of surrender, is my tendency whenever I feel unsafe, and you know this because it comes up in our coaching together all the time, yeah. I have a pattern of wanting to control. Like yeah. that's how I try and create safety. I, I can recognize it. I, I, you know, I, I've done enough of this work yeah. to see where it comes from in my childhood, but I want to always go to like, if I control everything, if I control my feelings, their feelings, if I control what everybody's doing, this situation, like if I can control my household and my kids, then I'll feel safe. Yeah. So for me to answer your question, I think it's kind of a letting go of mm. that, letting go of maybe you can tell like in my voice, like that energy that comes up. I'm so aware of it, but it's such a deep pattern and I still, still do it. It's like wanting to control, but it's the opposite of that. So it's that energy of, okay, I'm letting go of this one. I'm letting go now. And I'm sure so many people listening can resonate with that because I think we've been brainwashed by Western or modern society to control. It's the ego story, isn't it? It's the, it's, I'm always getting like 80s, the 80s greed is good. Like, you know, the 80s and 90s when no one believed anything, right? And it was only the 3D reality and what, you know, cause and effect, like what you, what you, you have to create action to physically action to create a reaction. And so many of us have been brought up with this mentality of we have to control, control, control. And, you know, this is what leads to burnout, right? Where does alcohol fit in with this? Because I'm, I'm bet loads of people listening to this who are resonating know that actually a lot of the time when we've turned to alcohol in the past, it's because we're trying to take a breath 
right from this obsession with control does that resonate with you um yeah a lot and I like you said at the beginning I didn't even know but I am a like for some reason a good manifester I, I've manifested a lot in my past and that was with alcohol and I'll share some of those too because I think that might help people see like how letting go has yeah. helped me at least and might help others but what's happened so I've been alcohol free before yeah. but this journey with you like feels so different mm. because my reasons behind going alcohol free are just so different. We can talk about that too, if you want, yeah. but to answer your question, what I've noticed is even though I've seen how letting go, releasing the reins has helped me create and, and create stuff in my life in the past, since I've gone alcohol free this year, so it started in January. So what I'm up four months in now, yeah. It's kind of opened up a whole new, it's like freedom. I, I look yeah. back on our coaching notes actually before this, yeah. which is, and one of the first things that came up on our one of our first coaching calls was how important freedom was for me. Mm-hmm. And my there's like a parallel. I don't know if I explained this really well, but there's like a parallel for me between going alcohol-free and it really is freedom. Like the benefits are just so outweigh the perceived benefits I thought I had before back when I was drinking and drinking yeah. to cope. But it's also like being free of this thing that was controlling me or I Mm. thought was controlling me. There's almost like a parallel that now that's gone. Now that's out of my life. Now I'm free of it. I'm like able to, I'm able to read my emotions more. I'm able to see even more clearly where I'm holding on. It's like all of the negative patterns, all the coaching work that you brilliantly helped me with, like when I can't see what I'm doing, (laughs) it's kind of all bubbling to the surface. I can't even remember what your original question was. Okay, so I love so this because there. you are surrendering to the conversation and you're trying to control it. So have a have yeah. a green um a green a green sticker. No, that is green not light. a thing. <laughs> a green light or a sticker <laughs> or a gold star um from your coach. Um but I I agree. So it's surrender oh, I've now lost my thread of what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh no you said something really really profound and now I've just forgotten it I've had that like moment where my brain oh I know so when we stop drinking it's like we turn the light on right we get to witness ourselves on such a profound level that we notice patterns of behavior unconscious patterns of behavior that we weren't even aware of before and and if anyone listening um and if I don't if you're familiar with Dr Joe Dispenza's work um, but, you know, when he talks about breaking the habit of being yourself and becoming conscious of the self, you know, we're running so many automatic programs that he says that when we get past the age of 35, we lose all free will, which is fascinating yet horrifying. And in my experience with my own journey and with all the people that I've coached, when we take the alcohol out, oh, my goodness, we're so much more aware of those programs, right? Yeah, completely, completely. Like you, you see, I had no idea. And especially for someone who definitely had control tendency and still does. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm over that. The, seeing them is kind of shocking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I cannot believe that I thought I was in control of my life and I was just running like on autopilot, responding mm. on autopilot. And I'm a coach who's done a lot of coaching work, a lot of personal development work. But removing that piece, that alcohol piece that was just numbing, suppressing, like was my tool for managing feelings when they got too much like just removing that one piece and it's like there's another another layer 
like I'd been dealing with the surface layer of stuff and patterns yeah. and in my life and now with you and with alcohol out of my life I feel like we're going deep yeah <laughs> that depth I didn't know was there I was like oh my goodness I was still running on autopilot like 80 90 percent of my life and I had no clue and I think the important thing when we start to do this is not to get frustrated with ourselves, right? Um, yeah. We find all sorts of like messy, icky stuff down there. And it's to, it's important that we we frame it as an absolute privilege that we've even been able to understand these parts of ourselves. Um, so, so far then, in terms of what you've noticed around where control shows up um, and where surrender shows up in your life, like what have you noticed so far that people might resonate with? Um, so the big one I've really mentioned, but we go deeper into, there's a couple of things come to mind when you say that. So I don't know which one you want to go with. The first one that came up, I've already mentioned is, is my reaction to anything that makes me feel unsafe. Mm, yeah. And like, I'm an introvert, actually, even though I love doing the one-on-one, I get social anxiety in big groups. So that's an example where I'd feel safe. And I'm like trying to control people's opinions of me by behaving in a different way that's not me. You know, so there's all those kind of patterns. I've also in my business in order to feel safe. So I've done well in business. I'm not a superstar, but I have a good income. I have clients. I have the business I want. I'm still a mom. And, you know, I created what I wanted, but I've kind of, you can go quite far, by the way, if anyone has control patterns, I will say you can do quite a lot in life with control patterns. Mm. So again, but in my business, everything's kind of controlled. Like I have a schedule. I was telling you beforehand, like I know when I'm doing my podcast episodes, I know when I have to send them to my editor, have them released. And that again, creates safety. So that's kind of one of the areas and what's the other area? I was like, we're both doing it today. There was another area. One is safety, and I've completely forgotten what the other one was. It'll come to me later. Well, <laughs> but I'm just like going to add in while well, that's coming back to you that yeah. control doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, mm. there's a our e- so for example, when people talk about killing the e- talk about killing the ego, we don't want to kill the ego. Our ego is an important part of ourselves, and it is there to keep us alive. If we kill the ego, we kill, we die, and our ego stops us from you know running falling into the middle of the road when there are cars driving through it um it is there to keep us safe it's just that it runs the show way too much of the time and it holds us back so you know lots of what you're describing around your business is is actually you making friends with your ego and your ego working for you not against you um we want some of that and that's quite masculine 3d energy isn't it yeah. But, and what's yeah. so funny is you and I do this all the time in coaching is yeah. our minds on the same way. That was going to be the second thing that I was going to bring in was the masculine energy. <laughs> and also the point, because I think you've said before that you're similar and said it on your podcast, is yeah. the point that I don't have to reject that part of myself. I was going to mention the masculine energy that yeah. I do see it's a strength. And that I've used it. In fact, something people might resonate is if I give like an example, it's not business, but it's just a simple mom example of how I was using masculine energy, but it reached a point where I wasn't manifesting what I wanted because I was too much in the masculine energy. And if it's okay, I'll share it. It's like, this is a really lightweight manifestation story. It's not, I mean, I can give some deeper, big ones. All my biggest manifestations in my life have come from big letting goes but this one's sort of lighthearted, but it felt big to me and it was at the beginning of 20 like no middle of 2020 but the beginning early times of the pandemic stages and it was august and my kids were going to go back to school so the parents the teachers is going to are going to all recognize this mm. is 
I was in a state because my kids had been home since March and I'm not a homeschooling mom. We already know that I kind of like control. I'm also an introvert who likes lots of space and alone time and quiet time. (laughs) And I'd had my whole family home since like March and it was August. My husband too, he's self-employed like me. So we'd also had stresses because I'd been worried about finance. He'd not been able to work in his business. He'd had to shut it down for like the last four or five months. He'd been home. I'd had everyone home. And the kids were meant to go back to school. And it just so happened in where I live. I actually live in California, even though I'm from the UK, mm-hmm. that our school system had said they were going to, our school district had said they were going to open the schools. Mm-hmm. So our school year began in August. And so I was like, so looking forward to my kids going back to school. They were going to have all these like, you know, systems in place, safety stuff in place, but they were going to let the kids back in the school. It's like, oh my goodness, they're going to go back. Like it was two weeks beforehand. And I heard that they weren't going to open the schools. And it might sound like a small thing, but it was like my world fell apart as far as I was concerned. I'd been building up so much energy that I I needed them to go back. My youngest, also to put in perspective, was going into kindergarten. And that's my boy. And I had a fourth girl going into fourth grade too. Yeah. And my kindergartner, my boy, he's high energy. I just needed the space back in my life. As soon as I heard, I felt awful and I just wanted to control the situation. My whole, I, the unsafe feeling came in even. And like the, the sort of the, the little kid tantrum was like, no, you've taken it away from me, came in. And I was dreading having, I was building this whole story in my head that about my little one especially being home that was going to be awful I'm not the homeschooling teacher type not I don't have the patience to teach my own kid as well he's like me he's quite stubborn and I was like this is going to be terrible and I spent the next two weeks literally trying to find solutions but I was in that masculine energy pushing trying to make it happen I, mm-hmm. I back then I don't I wasn't thinking of manifestation terms either um I just think I've got to make this happen. And I have a good track record of making things happen, Mm. mostly through masculine energy up to this point. It was before I knew about manifestation. I'd really gone deep into any of this, but nothing was happening. And I was in such, I don't know if you can tell, like the energy inside my whole body was pushing, forcing, make it happen. I can do this. If I push hard enough, I'll find a solution. I was looking at like some of the private schools are opening. Maybe I can enroll him in private school. Could I find a place for him? Two days before he was due to go back, Mm. I just said to myself, and I'd been in a lot of anxiety and stress anyway, I think, without realizing it, like a lot of people at that time and, you know, worries about finances and stuff like that. I just was sitting outside in my yard, backyard, in my garden. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I was like, I gotta let this go. And I just said that to myself. Again, I knew nothing about manifestation. I just gotta let this go. I, I can't hold on to this. I'm making myself feel ill. I'm getting sick by this. And I remember sitting and thinking it through. I'm like, he's only five. What's the worst that could happen? You know what? Because they were going to do iPads, kindergarten on iPads with your kids sitting at home. And by the way, my boy, boys are later developers. He couldn't read or write yet. He barely knew his alphabet. Mm. He was going to learn that in kindergarten, I thought. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) you know what? If he doesn't learn it, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to let it go and I'm going to let it be okay. That afternoon, my next door neighbor texted me. She had a daughter the same age who was going into kindergarten too. She said, oh, I've just got my daughter into this pod. I don't know if people, I don't know if they had them in the UK, but a pod is where a few parents get together and you kind of put your kids together and they do school together in someone's home. This is well schooled. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, it was quite big in the US. I don't know if yeah. the UK had it. No, I don't she think said, so. I mean, it wasn't in the UK. They, yeah. yeah, I don't know whether they had it. But um, she said they only wanted four, but they've mm. got one boy and three girls and they've decided they need another boy. Would you like your son to join? I was like, oh, my goodness. I hadn't <laughs> even envisioned this as a possible solution. I'd contacted a few friends with little ones and said, do you want to share? And some didn't want to. They Either they didn't want to like mix, you know, people were still being cautious about that or whatever. But the ideal solution landed on my lap. And to me, it was like magic. It was the same day I let go. And also it was better than you could have imagined because the universe was like, you know what, Sally, I'm going to offer you something that doesn't cost you a lot of money. I'm not going to make you pay private school fees. I'm going to mm-hmm. offer you a free solution that's actually much less stressful, much more supportive for all of the, the, your, the whole big picture, right? Oh, I could talk more about the big picture. That was, you know, post-pandemic, like a lot of people, my husband and I sort of, you know, looked at all the good that came out of it. And mm. there's been a lot for us, but one that's related to that story is that neighbor, by the way, they'd only moved in during the pandemic. So I, I'd met them over the fence, but, you know, do we talk? It was in, back in the really early days of COVID yeah. when people were acting differently. Yeah, I hadn't got to know yeah. them, right? They'd only been there for a few months. And the other, this pod, by the way, was on our street, the bottom of our street, like maybe 20 houses down. So it was another neighbor who I didn't yet know who'd moved in recently. And there was a couple of other families. They have become the closest families. Our kids are like best friends. Even though now some of them are in different schools, it was the most supportive experience through the rest of the pandemic when a lot of stuff was shut down and, you know, around where I live. And it just, it was the gift that kept on giving. I can't even explain it. Oh, that's magical. And it was because you surrendered. That's what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So what other examples? Because I know you've got lots of examples throughout your life. Um, before, As you say, so lots of them are before you even kind of understood what the art of surrender yeah. was and why it's so helpful for manifestation. It's now that now that we're doing all this work, you can look back and go, oh, I've got so much yeah. evidence of why surrendering is so good. So tell, tell us some more inspirational stories. OK. OK. So I'm trying to think which one. I've got two big ones. Like okay. if I talk about the biggest manifestation, you can pick because I don't care. I'll share either. OK. One is the birth of my second kid or yeah. my second kid. And the other is meeting my husband. I don't mind OK, let's do it in order. Let's start off with because also this is very <laughs> inspirational for all you know single ladies uh, or men listening to this podcast who are looking to manifest love. I think this is very but this is inspirational to me. I'm single. So let's start with that and then we'll add the baby. OK. OK. okay. You know what? I thought you were going to pick that one. <laughs> um, and like I said, again, before I think about manifestation, uh, before I knew about it or thought about, it, you know, I'd read The Secret and I watched the movies, but never really gone deep. Um, I'm just setting up a little bit. Also, I want to add this was I was still drinking, so you don't need to have yet been successfully alcohol free. And thirdly, as I tell my stories and I've looked back and I'd love to have your take on it, Annika, like mm-hmm. after is... I almost think part of my secret is not secret, but part of what happened and worked for me and does work is because I have so much of this masculine energy that works to a point. It feels Mm. to me looking back on these situations and others is like I build up so much wanting inside of me Mm. and the wanting is kind of part of it, Mm. but I only the manifestation only kind of materializes when I take away the thing that's blocking, which is the, the needing the, 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 
okay. the making, the control. So I don't okay, know. Yeah. So but from a Buddhist perspective, like yeah. this is the um, absolute cause of all um, suffering, which is what Buddhists call thirst and this yeah. desire, um, which of course, like we have to have like manifestations come from desire. Um, but I also think when we're looking at masculine and feminine energy, desire causes our thirst for action and i think certainly i i experience this um when when you really want something i i do switch into my masculine energy of like right how am i going to make this happen because i don't want to feel like in this state of needing or wanting this anymore i'm going to i want to bring it into my reality and actually so much of manifestation is about going into your feminine and rather than making it happen it's about allowing it to happen and receiving which which kind of involves surrendering <laughs> yes exactly so i'm glad you set that up because that's totally yeah. my sense looking back and it's so helpful going forward it's like yeah. the wanting is okay yeah but it's the letting go of the how and the details and the timing and the like letting go of that masculine at that yeah. point anyway i'll share so um i met my husband you know, kind of later in life, I think mm. I was early thirties. I didn't yeah. check dates before this, but anyway, you know, I kind of been in a couple of back-to-back long-term relationships through my twenties, mm. um, lived in London, worked in London, had a busy life, had busy social life, etc. And then about 30, I became single and I'd been single for a while. And it's that time when all your friends start getting married and I was going to a wedding after a wedding after a wedding. And on the outside, I'm like, I'm happy being single. I've always been quite independent anyway as a person. And that's been the, the sort of identity I've carried. But inside, I knew I wanted what they all had. There was a lot of shoulding as well. Like, surely I should be starting to settle down now and find the one. And why were neither of those previous guys the one? And what's wrong? With, you know, all this was going yeah. on. And I know I took that energy into dates. Like, if I'd go out with someone, you know, I met someone and maybe we'd go out once or twice. I'd be like, maybe I can make this be the right one. Mm. Even though, like, on the surface, I was talking a different talk. But inside, I know I was doing that. And I was wanting to make it happen. Um, I did stay single. Like a part of me, I'm like, okay, I still had the wisdom that when they weren't right, I didn't keep going. Sometimes they, you know, whoever I saw, they, you know, end it. Sometimes I would, sometimes be once or twice, you'd go out and it'd be like, nah, this is the definite no. And it was always a definite no. Mm-hmm. And when I met my husband, I'd reached this point. Now, this wasn't sudden, like the experience with my son in kindergarten, where it was like instant manifestation. I didn't have, I can't say I had this instant time. I was like, I'm letting go. What it had had been a gradual letting go and acceptance of my life, like really like gratitude, like, you know what, I'm in my 30s, I got a good job. So that was before I had my own business. I was a a contractor, I got paid really well, I had my own apartment in a nice part of London, like I was doing good, lots of friends, you know, I had a really good life. And I'd reached a point where I'm thankful. But it wasn't sudden, it was gradual. And I met my husband, I was on vacation, like it was just me and two girlfriends and we were in Austria. It was a ski trip Mm. and it was just a weekend. It was my friends. Actually, no, we were 30 because it was her 30th birthday. So I did meet him when I I think it was 30th. Maybe it was her 31st, early 30s. And it was her birthday anyway. I know that for sure. And it was our last day of this long sort of ski weekend in Austria. And I met him in this terrible bar. And in fact, the night we met him, um, we'd been to the same bar the night before. Mm. Me and my friend whose birthday was like, we don't want to go back there. This other girl in our group did want to go back there. She liked it. And we're like, okay, we'll just go. 
And again, I recall so clearly the state I was in. And there was alcohol involved. So alcohol doesn't have to block. You don't have to fix no, some of the you alcohol can, You can still manifest with, with alcohol. You just manifest yeah. more when you don't have it. Yeah, yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. And you're more aware and more, like now I, I'm starting to consciously do this. Back yeah. then it was all unconscious. It was just like almost luck when I surrendered yeah. and it happened. <laughs> um, but I remember so clearly the, the frame of mind I was in because we were all on this natural high we were feeling great. I was feeling really confident. I'd already been through like the last sort of six months or so of just being thankful. I was in this beautiful location with my two best friends. I remember going to this bar. Like, again, I was in surrender about going to this particular location. We were not going to go there. This one girl wanted me and my friend looked at each other, rolled her eyes and went, yeah, okay, we'll go there. Just one drink. Sorry, we were drinking. And then yeah. we'll move on and go somewhere else. Yeah, And we ended up spending all night in there because this group of Americans, it was my last night, had just arrived all the way from the US. Yeah, And it was their first night of their vacation. And they were all a little bit hungover. So I'm not hungover, so I jet lagged. So they're all a little bit silly yeah. in that jet lag mode. And that was when I met my husband. And he and I are both very shy. Yeah. So it took us a while to chat, but we did feel irresistibly drawn to each other. We both said afterwards, we both acted out of personality, like out of our usual, more introverted selves. Like he wouldn't normally in a big group a approach the girl he liked. Mm. And the big thing I did after, I would never normally be the one to make the first move after. So we, because we were leaving, this was a long time ago, mm. I'm kind of old. So this was, this yeah. was back in, I don't know, early 2000s. Um, we swapped email addresses and I would normally wait for the guy to contact me. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't. I was like, you know, I know he he might be too shy too. I just felt it. I was like, I, I must. I like I was going home. I remember being on the flight and I was thinking, you know what? As soon as I get home, I'm not even going to wait more than 24 hours. I'm going to let him know I liked him and I'm going to send him a nice email. And I did it. The moment I got home, got on the email and sent him an email. Many years later, we did get married. But that was how we met. And there was a lot of surrender, I think, involved. <laughs> Can I just ask you to tell us something which I found like really magical and exciting about your story, mm -hmm. which was this, the signs that you and your husband both had when you met? Because I know that you said your husband's talked quite a lot about this. Um, you know, yes. Now that, yeah. yeah. Okay, tell, tell us <laughs> I hope you won't mind. Not that he'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> he doesn't even listen to my podcast. <laughs> He doesn't mind me sharing because we are both kind of reserved. It's so funny. I mean, it's quite normal for me being English. A lot of English girls are, but he is too. But on that night, I do remember he he shared this. Um, I can't remember if this is what you're referring to, but he talked about, uh, I think it was the Forrest Gump movie. Yeah. And the thing is, this isn't in the movie the way he said, because I watched the movie again. And the movie does have this floating feather, but he talks about this dream. Mm. And he talked about his theory of life. And I have this really clear memory yeah. of this even though there was drink involved so my memory wasn't fully clear of the entire evening of having this conversation with him and again and I'm not the type normally to go deep with people back then mm. and he said he would never normally talk like this to someone either but he said he has his theory of life that it's like a sort of destiny type thing but it's not that it's all mapped out but he says like we're going down this dream and he mm. says, you're floating down this dream. And sometimes there's rocks, there's obstacles in your way. And I remember him telling me all this. And yeah. he says, and he was talking about how, and then sometimes you're drawn towards something. And he was talking about us being drawn towards each other, I think. But yeah. I can't remember exactly how he said it. But I remember really clearly thinking, wow, this guy's kind of deep. And he's never been, unless I ask him, he's not normally this deep, like with his yeah. friends and his family, but he is with me. But the yeah. way he described life and it's this stream, you can either flow with the stream or you could fight it. Another little theme there of our 
going with the flow or (laughs) surrendering, right, versus controlling. And it was just, I don't know, I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but it really stuck with me. And I'm like, you know what, that really mirrors my view of life, of like sort of going with the flow and and looking for where the universe and life wants to take you versus trying to fight it. But I don't know if that's what the story you're asking about. Yeah, no, I I remember um, us talking about that and and the, the feather floating from Forrest Gump and and yeah. the, the fact that your husband had said that he just knew when he met you that there were yeah. that it, that was it that he'd met the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I really love how you know we talk about surrender, and there are there's more than one type of surrender that we're referring to here. That yeah, we do have moments where we suddenly hold our hands up to the universe and we go, okay, fine, I give up, I give in, I'm I I surrender, and yeah, manifestations come yeah. through. We also have another type, which is that gradual grounding into gratitude, that gradual letting go. Neither of them are, neither one's better than the other. I think they just depend on the type of surrender, perhaps, that we are are leaning into. Yeah, yeah. And it's the second one that I'm more wanting to lean into now. And it's constant work for me as well. But that following, it actually... I listened to your previous podcast with Sophie, who's in Sober and Soberful with me, and I loved it. I think you touched on a similar theme there, but it's like life becomes magical. You started talking about the signs mm-hmm. when you start flowing with life. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is seeing the signs, the synchronicities, yeah. allowing them to happen. And it kind of comes really fun. So I it actually does, like the second yeah. type of surrender more now. Yeah. But the other uh, one is great. When you the really other one is it. great, but the, the, the first one can can be a tricky slippery little eel right and this is why yeah. I think it's a slippery little eel because when we really do hold our hands up and we go okay universe I surrender sometimes are you really surrendering or are you saying okay can I have my manifestation now please so I'm going to do that surrender yes. thing where's my fireworks where's my clap of thunder and then we go yeah. oh for goodness sake it's not worked like, are you yeah. actually surrendering or are you pretending to surrender <laughs> I think they can only happen you can only see them in retrospect. That's yeah. so good that you just said that. I think it's so true. In fact, should I share my other story? Yeah. Because it's please, another please. example of just that massive letting go. Mm. But I couldn't have engineered it. It actually yeah. plays in beautifully to what you just said because yeah. it was um, getting pregnant with my second child. Yeah. So like I just said, you're getting my whole life story on there. I, had I to love it. I had to share my entire <laughs> life story as well because I'm usually quite, quite reserved. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've met my husband quite, like I met him in my early thirties, but it took us quite a long time through a long distance relationship to get married. Course, so I think I was yeah. married at 37. Yeah. And then I had my first daughter just when I turned like 39. Hmm. Um, and then I wanted to get, so it was quite, you know, late in life uh, to, to be having children, I guess. Um, and then I really, really wanted another child. We both did. And unfortunately, because of my age, I had a number of miscarriages. It was definitely a journey. There's a four-year age gap between my two kids. And it was exactly like the pod story. But of course, this was a much, much bigger manifestation because, you know, I kept trying. I was doing all the things. And my heart really goes out to anyone that resonates with this. Maybe we should have given a trigger warning. If it is a trigger warning, don't listen to the rest. I'll give it at the beginning in the intro. Don't worry. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um. But I'm not going to talk much about that. I've, I've made peace with my journey. Um, and there's a happy story anyway at the end of this. So 
I did go through quite a journey and I was definitely again in that masculine energy of counting the days. When am I ovulating? Now's the time to try. It's just not a great way to get pregnant girls. Like the sense to the fact that we do have cycles and understanding and listening to your body, but the energy that was inside of me was super masculine. <laughs> and then of course, because of my age, biology, et cetera, I did lose quite a few pregnancies mm. and I reached the point after four years of this, which is a long time. And I remember this part really, it was a massive surrender, but it was a massive surrender that came from lots and lots of buildup of energy. So it's that other type of surrender Mm -hmm. to me saying, I just done, I say to my husband and a part of me, because you know, this is, you know, from coaching me, this is one of my patterns is I don't, I try and manage other people's feelings. I don't want to let people down and I feel responsible for their feelings. I didn't want to let my husband down because I, you know, I believe that he also, and he did really want another kid too. We wanted to have two. We just had this picture in our mind of our little family with two children, right? Even really wanted a girl and a boy too, even though you can't engineer that stuff. But I remember turning to him and I felt awful, but I just said, I'm done. Let's just, and again, there was a, you know, there's a real parallel with, with meeting my husband. I had in my head, I'd been thinking about it for some time. My life is so good and I really am grateful. So there was part of that to it too. Like love my little girl to bit. She's healthy. She's, you know, I've got a, I'm so fortunate in my life. So there was part of that involved, but there was this massive surrender from my side. And his response was, yeah, of course, I see it. And I see that you especially, because, you know, mom, the, the woman takes it more out of them. Like, we're done. We're not going to talk about it. Like, we're not going to do anything to stop a pregnancy happening, right? But yeah. we're not going to be thinking about it. We're not going to be talking about it. Not going to be planning any date, like counting the dates or looking at the calendar or any of that stuff. Yeah. And I've never told you this story either. Okay. So, it's kind of when he got conceived. So it's kind of weird to share this. Part. <laughs> so it was literally, I can't remember the exact timing, but I know it was within months of that conversation really? and that letting go. Yes. And my husband is actually a, a Navy reservist, which means he, 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 um, he, he works for the Navy, does work for the Navy a little bit of time. He was active duty. And that's how he got his, his graduate degree. They yeah. paid for it. But what happens is for two weeks every summer, he he goes away for the Navy to do something, to, yeah. to work. So he has a two-week um, like placement. Mm. And he was going to Chicago. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I, I've been to Chicago, but it's such a fun city. And we'll take my daughter. And we're also going to take uh, his parents, my in-laws. And we'll meet you there because he was going to be there anyway. And we'll do a long weekend. We'll do all the fun touristy stuff in Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, there's this series of like obstacles and again I know you know about manifestation theory right the obstacles that come up the things that are testing you at the tests yeah and first of all he messed up his orders or something there was a mistake he nearly didn't go and he he ended up going but it was really like last minute and then I've had our flights all booked for me my daughter and my in-laws and then like literally the week before we're due to go my mom-in-law said to me oh Sally can you send over the flight details and we'll meet you at the airport and I'm like sure I go to my email, look for the flight details, couldn't find them anywhere. And I'm super organized. Remember, I love to control stuff, so I'm really organized. I'm like, what? And then I went to the airline, did everything. I hadn't bought the tickets. Now, I do remember going online, and I thought I pressed all the buttons. I assume what happened is I forgot to hit that final confirm button or something, something like that. But that is so, again, out of personality. And we had no flights. And this is in the summer when it's really hard to get flights. And I had to get flights for my in-laws, for me, for my daughter, all sitting together. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. I scrambled like crazy. So like we nearly pulled the plug and didn't go. So I scrambled. I managed to find flights to a slightly different airport, which actually turned out to be closer. Oh, really? It was actually a better flight, the one I got. And I didn't even have to pay more. Really weird that everything lined up again because I didn't give up. Mm. We talked about not going. I didn't give up. We went. We had a wonderful trip. And my son was actually conceived on that trip. (laughs) But I wasn't even thinking about pregnancy or timing. And I'd surrendered all that. And yeah, it was a... my first healthy pregnancy in four, four years. Um, well, I have so many now. <laughs> personal stories of women in the same situation or couples who who finally just stopped thinking about it. And yeah. then I know people who have adopted and that's what allowed them to surrender. And then they got pregnant. <laughs> I've heard so many stories, too. Yeah, yeah, there's something in it for sure. And I think, isn't it just, oh, I love evidence. So I talk about that, you know, I talk about this so much, Sally. Like I love spirituality and I believe in it in such a deep level, but it doesn't mean that we need to shun wanting evidence. Like science, psychology provides so much beautiful evidence of what the ego tries to talk us out of. And it's the more we, that's that's a classic example of balancing the masculine and the feminine isn't it if you think of spirituality um and trust as feminine we can prove it all with the masculine with the science with the psychology uh, and with with real life experiences and that like biological example of how so many people fall pregnant when they surrender is just a beautiful example of how manifestation works i mean birth the birth of a child is the ultimate manifestation right yeah yeah no 100 percent. I mean I look back and I can map every big manifestation to surrender to this this formula and I don't think surrender has to be a big part of it like we were talking about the two types of surrender like if people take away from it I've got to do this big surrender thing I think it might be a big part of it in my life because I have this flip side of my personality with the control yeah um but, there, you know, there is also the flowing with life and just trusting. And that's where I'm leaning into now. But absolutely. I, surrender. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose if we think about like a daily manifestation practice and we think of daily gratitude lists and daily meditation, if we if we adopt and add into our practice this daily gentle leaning into surrender, like little bit by little bit and developing that trust muscle and that's really mm-hmm. what it is it's it's growing our trust muscle if you think of I always think of our trust muscles like a big trampoline and um the surrender is the act of falling onto the trampoline so we can bounce back up again you know oh, so, I like that yeah and the more we can lean into that every day um like yesterday I'm very excited to say that I um have started doing handstands in CrossFit so I could do handstand push-ups I know I could not believe it wow my PE teacher at primary school if she's still alive and she's listening she will be like Anna Carice doing a handstand I don't think so but um we were talking about um it's a so much of it uh, with, with the my PT who was helping me so much of it is having that spatial understanding of where the wall is and just like when you're upside down like understanding what the space around you means and where you are within it and so much of trust is about that because when I'm when I'm doing a handstand I'm trusting myself that I understand where the wall is and that I won't hurt myself and that's exactly what we do when we learn how to surrender we're trusting we're we're understanding that space that we're falling into and how it will feel when we bounce back up and we only yes. learn that through yeah. 
doing it and and grazing ourselves hurting ourselves and knowing we're still okay (laughs) yeah now I'm glad you mentioned that trust piece because there's the letting go but there's also the trust piece in that it's going to be okay yeah and that's become a big part for me it's still okay it's still okay Yeah. yeah it's still okay yeah 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 that's such a powerful thing to end on actually even when it's not okay it's still okay and actually this is I'm going to quote my dad now something that he likes to say which is it will all be all right in the end and if it's not right it's not the end (laughs) (laughs) that's cool I like it quite comforting yeah um I could literally talk to you about manifestation for hours Sally we're so uh, aligned in the way that we think about things um and I would like to um I would like everyone listening to know where to find you online because you you are an inspirational um coach and businesswoman and I'm sure many people would would find your stuff really helpful so talk to us about your business and where people can find you Oh, thank you. So the best way to find me is on my website because mm. I am the uh, introvert business coach, though I work with a lot of extroverts too, but really people like me who struggle with visibility or just being online or marketing. So my website is sallyannmiller.com. And I say go to my website because I'm not big at social media. So for those people who do want a business and just are like me and struggle many different ways with social media, I don't really do social media, so there's no reliable social media place. That's but really you can find though. You have to use TikTok and Instagram to be successful. Right. Yeah. yeah, I use books and my. Po- I also have a podcast, Introverts Thriving in Business. So that's my way of marketing. Yeah, you do. You do what's you. That's what yeah. I believe in. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I will add your details to the show notes so people can follow you or follow you. People can find you online and listen to your podcast. Um, And I'm sure I'll have you back on again at some point soon because we'll have something else juicy that we want to discuss and share with everybody. Yes, thank you. Thank you much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.